Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. How are you? Well, Was, How are you? Very, very well. G'day, listeners. We've got an episode with a difference for you today. A little uh, twist. Bit of a twist in the tail. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing uh, the first of a new series, hopefully, if this one works, of <laughs> episodes. Why do you have to hang it on me? Because um, you're responsible for everything. Of course. Uh, so, we're doing... Real tradie wives? Hmm. Is that is that the new hashtag? I reckon. We've come up with a few new hashtags lately. <laughs> really have. Deep planning mode. <laughs> so, real tradie wives. And welcoming to our first Real Tradie Wives episode, we have Nicole Cox. Hello. <laughs> now, many of you will know Nicole as uh, co-host and co-creator and co-producer and co- co-conspirator. I like that at one. the Tradies in Business podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of you would probably know that Coxie, as I refer to her, is also um, the builder's wife. That's me. So uh, so that's your blog mm-hmm. and has been for five years. Mm-hmm. Just clicked over. Oh, nice. Mm. Well done. Thank you. Um, and you also had uh, or have or had? Had. Had a building company. Yes. With the builder. I did with the builder. Um, He's a bit like a dentist. We can't show his face. He's like this, this, uh, <laughs> you know, this shady character. I know, isn't that he? That doesn't have a real name or anything. It's just the builder. <sighs> we're we're going to try and get the builder on the show, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll have to like change his voice and make him sound like a chipmunk. Mysterious. <laughs> He'll love that. Yeah. So, um, so what we're going to do as, as part of our Real Tradie Wives uh, episodes is we're going to interview some Tradie wives. Mm-hmm. We've got quite a few lined up over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get their perspective on, I guess, working in a trade business mm-hmm. from that perspective of the the supporter or the sometimes the unseen part of the business. Yep, I agree. Because uh, I think the blokes get noticed a lot more. Um and there's some lady tradies out there. Same thing happens. Yes. The tradie, I should say. Yeah. Certainly gets noticed more and is, is more visible in the business. And then we have these tradie wives or some tradie husbands, I guess, that are the supporters doing mm-hmm. the all the other stuff. I love to see the, the applications for joining our, our group on Facebook come in, um, the Tradies in Business group. And, and the ladies that join, the tradie wives, it's like... <laughs> Everything except the trade. I know, and often they're delving into that as well. I can't tell you how many times I've been out swinging a hammer. Yeah, so, but it's 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 the everything else. It's mm-hmm. the admin, which we know is much bigger than just the word admin, mm-hmm. and the finance and the organisation, and then often running the household as well. So, That's right. Yeah, we just thought it would be good to dig into some of that and and share some of those perspectives. Uh, so you're. You're up today, Coxie. First cab off the rank. This Sorry. isn't my first time, though, with you no. interviewing me. No, you've you've been interviewed uh, on the show times. before. Yep. yep. Um, probably different focus in those episodes. Yeah, those episodes were very much about the builder's wife, really. Mm. 
Betcha Blog and that, that mm. sort of brand. So today, real tradie wives. What's it like to be a tradie's wife, Coxie? Freaking hard work. It's not easy. It, it's... Um I don't think it's anything you ever sign up for. You just kind of fall into. It's like a rabbit hole that never that has just a keeps bottom. Going. <laughs> I haven't found the bottom yet. Maybe I don't want to. But it, it's um, it's really challenging. It's it's difficult to be recognised for who you are and the role you play. It is difficult to tip your toe in the water. It is difficult to uh, just play that role effectively. It is a really difficult role to fall into. It has its rewards, don't get me wrong. There's something pretty spectacular about running your own business and that is flexibility, time, finding your way, seeing your partner in a different light to, I guess, most conventional marriages get to see, but um, it's hard. So what were some of the most challenging, or what are some of the most challenging parts of being a tradies wife for you personally? Uh, First up, it was trying to – there were a couple of things. So first and foremost, when I first joined uh, the builder in business, he was working with his mum and dad in their company and he was essentially running their company, I suppose, but it was full of older tradies. So first up for me was getting any kind of recognition of anything other than his wife. And, you know, here she comes again to say, what is she, you know, what is she even here for? Mm. Um that was really hard for me. I'd come out of a pretty full-on career in pharmacy where I was very well respected and taken seriously at every turn and had opinions people wanted to hear and listen to and I was paid to give those opinions. And I walked into construction and people would turn their back on me. Um, That was really hard. I found that almost destroying that was almost enough for me to say I can't do this anymore and probably the turning point for that was understanding that we were never going to get a business in which I could be valued with his parents and making some changes around that so I can't necessarily say it was his parents fault but it was an older way of thinking Mm. where uh, his mum had never taken an active role in the business therefore I wasn't really welcome there either even though for me, looking from the outside in, I could see where all the issues were in that particular business. Mm. Um, so that 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 was really tough. Just being respected. Demanding that respect is really difficult also when you don't have that trade behind you. And I don't have the vocabulary that goes with being a tradie. Mm. I almost do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you that's 10 years in. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But, um, you know, straight up going on to site and wanting to say, what are you doing and why are you doing it? I can say that to my husband, but I can't say it to the yep. subbies. I can't. It was really hard for me to find the right team to put in place. And that's what we did in the end was get the right team around us so I could ask mm-hmm. those questions so that I could learn and therefore have that opinion that was respected. But it was really hard to uh, find the team, find the people that were able to answer those questions so that I could learn and become valuable rather than the perception of my value not being there because I didn't know what a bearer or a joist was or what their function was or why we put the trusses in place at this point, et cetera, et cetera. So some of those things were really um, challenging and at times... 
for me personally, after coming from the kind of career I had before, I actually found myself getting lost, I suppose, in that I guess I just didn't know where I fitted Mm. and was I going to be able to fit in this business that we wanted to create. Um, And yeah, I did. We made it work. And that was just creating a team. And I see it's very different in the industry now than it was. We're only talking um, 10 years, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very different now. There are far more women in place. There are far, there's this recognition now of the tradie wives and the roles that they do play in the business yeah. and have been playing forever and a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a push. You're seeing a lot of that older thinking being pushed right out. Sure, it's still there. I still find it now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you and I still find it even in what we're doing. Absolutely. Um. But it is changing and you get – there's so many more younger players. How many younger builders do you deal mm. with? And mm. they've got a different way of thinking. They've been brought up a different way. So, that certainly helps. But, yeah, they, that, that's what I really struggled with in the beginning. So, what was behind the decision for you to actually join the builder in the business? A couple of things. Their business was failing. Uh, the business that he'd had with his parents um, was going down the tube. They were running out of money. They were making every mistake in the book, many of the things that you and I talk about on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also were a blended family and we had five kids and I was working 60 hours a week in pharmacy doing what I was doing there. And, you know, it just came that tipping point in which we realized, A, we needed to do something to save the business that he had with his parents. Mm. I'd tipped a fair bit of my own money into that business and I wasn't going to do that without having a say. Yep. Um, so that doesn't was sound of, at all like you, Coxie. No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I guess that was my first step, but I, I, at that point I downsized what I was doing in pharmacy to um, a less of a role, I suppose, which meant that I could have a bit more free time to put into the construction company. Mm-hmm. Um but then we found that it wasn't working with the kids. It was still, you know, it meant that the builder would have to sometimes finish early to go and pick up the child with another broken arm or <laughs> because the kids were sick because I couldn't find my balance. Yeah, yeah. So that tipping point came. We just decided, no, we if we're going to do this, we need to do it our own way. So start our own business and do it together full time. And that's what we did. We were fortunate enough to be in a financial position so that we could sort of dip our toe in the water. We had enough money behind us to run for three months without a huge income. Um, And so we gave it a go. Mm. And being builders, to a great extent, we needed that. You know, we need that one job to kickstart. You can't – it's pretty hard to fall into being builders without some sort of cash flow behind you. Yep. So what were some of the – you know, you talked about the challenges of being a tradie wife, but what about particularly – moving from your role in pharmacy mm-hmm. into what was your role going into the builder's business? Like, what did you sit down and figure that out or no. did you just say, I'll do the stuff? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, like, how does that happen and what was the stuff? I think you've really highlighted something there and that was a mistake we made right in the beginning. There were no roles. It was just, you mm. go to work and do that and I'll figure the rest out. It really was. <laughs> that's what it was. And... um not only was that hard for me because I didn't have a determined role, it made it really difficult for him to understand how I could help yeah. because he didn't understand my capabilities. Mm. So it was everything. I started with obviously just the data entry and then I realized, okay, we have one job, but how do we get the next one? Mm-hmm. And then it would be, you know, 
the builder would be so busy doing quotes and dealing with staff or, or subbies really at that point in time that he couldn't then plan out the job to the full extent. So I started to take some of that on. And that's very much my brain and maybe needing to be in control just a little bit. No, that doesn't sound like <laughs> you either. No. So We're just I, exposing you here, aren't we? No, I don't mind. This is who I am. <laughs> but um, I guess once I mastered one part of what I could do in the business, then I was looking for something else because, as you know, I get bored. And if I don't have something to do, I need to find something to do. So that's how that started to grow. Yep. So how did that help the builder? Did it help the builder? Immensely. It took a lot of pressure off. I think in the very beginning, it was just exciting for him to be working with his wife and have that support in place at work that he'd always wanted. Um, then it became probably a little confusing and difficult because there was this clash of who does what and how and mm. so on and so forth. So there were certainly... Probably the first um, 12 months, two years, we were pretty challenging and straining. Mind you, we were a newly blended family, so there's plenty of that other stuff going on as well. Because how long after you guys got together, you know, in your relationship, did you start working in the business? Less than two years. Oh, wow. So, I started working or having an import with his parents' company maybe 14, 15 months after we got together. And as I think you and I have spoken about before, when you're a blended family, you need to make a decision pretty quick about whether a relationship's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Do you introduce yep. that person to your family? And I'm then, with that one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You kind of got to sort of just make that snap decision to blend and make it work. Yeah. Um, so everything in our relationship was very fast, um, including working together. So very short term. And you can imagine we tripped over every single hazard there was to find. Yeah, yeah. It's accelerated when you're a blended B working together. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, Coxie, mm. is is on that, um, you know, despite it happening early in your relationship, just that, that change and actually um, working together, what were some of the the impacts on the marriage and the relationship and the family of actually now working together as well? Good question. Um, I could never have done this with my first husband. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, clearly. Let me start there. Actually, we did try. We had a business together. Uh, It didn't work. Um, Second time around, overwhelmingly, all the impacts were positive, but we had to learn a lot about ourselves. We had to do a lot of self-work to make both work. Why didn't the first one work? I just want to back up a little bit there. You with said you, you tried business husband? with your first husband, yeah. I guess I think if I was really objective and looked back on it now in my role rather than as a wife, I'd say neither of us did the work on ourselves to be able to carry that through into the business. So it takes, for my mind, it takes a lot of work on who you are as a person and understanding that communicating with someone is a skill that you need to learn. It's not something that you're born with. And we didn't communicate. We didn't communicate well. Um, the business, I, there wasn't the respect, I think, I could say quite fairly mutually in the mm-hmm. business that there should have been. Mm-hmm. All of those sort of red flags that come from doing work on yourself and understanding who you are and not being threatened by communication or not being um, emotional about a business communication that actually doesn't have anything to do with your relationship. Oh, that's a really good point. I'm going to grab that one. Okay, go with it. So, emotion. Yes. Is, well, I guess it's important in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I've been told many times over the years and, and read lots of stuff about how we want to keep emotion out of business and out of business decisions. But that's like, to me, that's bullshit because mm-hmm. you're asking a human being and, and you know, no sexism intended here. Uh, can I say sexism or is it genderism now? They're two different things, aren't they? I believe so. Anyway, I don't, I don't get all that stuff. That's another podcast. Boys and girls, I, I just can't wrap my head around the other stuff. So whatever. Um, but women are emotional creatures, mm. generally speaking, mm-hmm. or certainly more emotional than men. Agreed. Um, men tend to be more logic-brained, you know, fact-based, which is, is challenging in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the fairer sex tend to see things more emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. How... How did you go with that whole, you know, emotion as a part of a relationship and then that bleeding into the business conversations? How did you guys deal with that? We sucked at it in the beginning. (laughs) Really, honestly. You dealt with it by stuffing it up. (gasps) Big time. Okay. (laughs) There was a lot of, you know, um, uh, did you pay that bill this morning? No, because it's a banking day, right? So, it doesn't matter when I pay it. It's going to go through at some point today. Mm -hmm. And that would create an argument about absolutely nothing and everybody would be mortally wounded and retreat to corners and not talk. And there was a lot of that crap in the beginning. There was a lot of that rubbish because, you know, I can look back on it now and I see just so much was accelerated and there was such intense feelings in the beginning that we allowed all of that to get in the way, almost to the point of failure. There really was a, a tipping point for us where we had to sit down and think, okay, this isn't working and why isn't it working? What what got you to that uh, that point of saying this isn't working was there was there something that actually flagged it for you just another argument it was just another massive argument that had gotten out of control that didn't mean anything and really was about nothing and that was the reflection mm. when we'd calmed down and we came back to talk about what had happened there was this reflective point of we haven't actually argued about anything it was just each other's feelings which yeah okay so they're really important in a relationship sense but in the business sense it didn't mean anything to this particular thing. So then it became, I guess, a point of reflection about how we could each work on perhaps delivery or understanding or um, putting some boundaries in place so that maybe it didn't become a conversation that we had face-to-face. It might be um, communicating that same message in a different format and therefore came the discussions around roles and therefore came the discussions around procedures and policies and things we needed to put in place in order to grow anyway. So... It just really came from one stupid big argument. Who took the lead, though, in, in saying, that's enough, let's change this? Um, it was me. And it was me because I was at a point where I was ready to throw it all in. Do you, you know, ask you a leading question here, Coxie. Uh, <laughs> would you say that's pretty typical, that it's, yeah. it's the tradie wives who basically say, okay, that's it, that's enough? Something's got to change in your experience. Because you talk to a lot of tradie wives I and do. you have done over the years. Mm-hmm. What, what's your observation in that? You've nailed it. It nearly is always the wife's reached that point because the tradies are just stuck on this merry-go-round essentially of doing the same thing they've always done. Um, and I understand that. They're busy. They're overwhelmed. They're overworked. They're underpaid. They're not making the money. They're stuck trying to provide for their family. And they feel like they've met this wall in which they can't look over and find another solution. Mm. And it's so often the tradie wife looking in and seeing the poor husband or partner or 
you know, even in a relationship like yours and mine, mm. it's the other person looking in and thinking, no, they're about to fall and I yep. need to do something to catch them or I need to do something to build the wall a bit high so they don't tumble over it. It is yeah. um, it is pretty typical it, and I think it's just because the tradies are taught to work. They're taught to work harder, not smarter necessarily, just go out and get the job done and make the money and support your family. Mm. And it's hard for them to come to that point of reflection and then – they need to be willing to self-reflect. You know, it's not easy to look in the mirror and see your faults and decide you want to learn and do things better. That's not easy for me either. Um, but I find I'm lucky and my husband's pretty good at it, but even he struggles. Yeah. that's you know, It's not comfortable. Yep. So, how did the builder respond to you saying, that's it, we've got to change? Oh, there was a bit of panic. <laughs> Because <laughs> it might have been said with, with bags packed in the walk-in robe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, there was a bit of panic for a minute because it did mean that we needed to look at everything we were doing and find a better way. And yep. that means that you need to admit to yourself that you weren't doing it well. And that's not comfy. That's mm. that's really unpleasant, mm. quite frankly. And you just shifted in your seat when yeah. you said that and drew breath. It's hard. So, talk to me more about that, about that whole – because you used the word before about, you know, recognising your faults mm. and, you know, sort of, you know, the way we're doing it isn't working. As a, as a, as a woman and as mm-hmm. a tradie wife, mm-hmm. um, what – or maybe what process did you have to go through – to move past that almost invalidation mm-hmm. around those things. It was a really hard time because it meant that I hadn't had the impact that I wanted to have in the business. It meant that whatever I was doing hmm. wasn't working. So that was that was a big, and you know me well enough to know that was hard for me to yeah. look at that and do that. How did that happen? Um, it came about with some really frank discussions with the builder and I um, where we made promises to each other that what was being said needed to be said and it wasn't necessarily I guess maybe if I were to look at it from the outside in now those conversations were probably more where we were able to say okay let's talk about business and that's not actually our relationship I still love you this isn't about our relationship this is about the business Mm. and this is what I see is going wrong and then I was able to say well this is what I see is going wrong and then we could sit down and pick that apart did we ever really probably have those big conversations that I can say or talk or reflect about now. No, I don't think so. I don't think we were of that consciousness at that point in time in business. Yep. But we were able to have frank conversations once we stepped back from the emotion. And we did it over a period of a weekend, came back at the end of the weekend and stepped back into that emotion and were able to, maybe not so intelligently, but we were able to authentically, I guess, share how we felt. And for each of us, it was that we felt like shit. We yep. didn't like where it was at. Yep. We didn't like even the changes that needed to be made because they were massive. We didn't like any of it, but we made a commitment that we'd do the work to mm. get it done. Mm. So, the marriage then, did it improve after that? Yeah, massively. So, prior to that, um, obviously being a blended family, there's a fair bit of that that needed to change as well. Yeah. So, I can't definitively say that it was from one or the other. It really was a combination of both. Um, And we'd always had a really great relationship, but it got so much better because we could have those conversations without being worried about each Mm. other's feelings. And whether, you know, if I say um, one of the common 
conversations we have is around setting expectations for a client. So a client knows what to expect this next week. So once upon a time, if I were to say, okay, did you set the client's expectations this week? It would turn into this big argument about how he felt he was a failure because he hadn't done X, Y, and Z. And Mm. I was making him feel that way. Yep. So when we're able to take the emotion out of it, suddenly we could have the conversations around that and he could actually see what I was saying. If you set that expectation, the client knows what to expect. Therefore, you can't let them down because you've set the expectation. Um, And it became easier for him because he didn't have these mental roadblocks in place in every step of his business he wasn't he didn't wasn't burdened I suppose by a bunch of worry worrying about how his wife felt and whether it was um he was able to go home and say what he needed to say without treading on eggshells and vice versa so it just I guess the lines of communication opened up enough that it had a great positive impact on the relationship and we could um start to then put some boundaries in the business in place so we could actually have downtime Mm. So, talk to me more about those boundaries, Coxie. What did that actually look like? Hard conversations again about, again, what was and wasn't working. So, in the beginning, uh, business was everything we talked about. Was that all yep. the, the blended family? Neither of which are positive conversations, yeah, yeah. can I yeah. say. Um, so, we weren't having any fun anymore. And obviously, in the beginning of a relationship, it's really fun and exciting. And we'd lost all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we had to have some tough conversations about, how to have fun again, how to bring those elements back into our relationship that separated everything. So, again, as I always say, it was about role definition, mm-hmm. understanding what I needed to do and what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then we needed to set some boundaries about timing. So, we would have um, at the end of every day, we'd have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or whatever. We'd sit down for 10, 20 minutes. We'd have a big debrief about our days and where things were at. And that was all we spoke about for work. After that point. So, after that point, it was about family or we started to put things in place like plan for the next holiday or plan for the next outing or something that we were going to go and do together. It also, one of the best things that we ever did was get our business to a place that the builder could pull himself out enough to go and coach football (laughs) because he was getting a bit of himself back. Yeah. Now, I think that's really... Um, under-talked about in this industry, our guys are losing themselves in their businesses. And for him, he'd lost who he was and the roots of who, the person that he is. My my wife would love to hear that because <laughs> she's, she's an occupational therapist uh, and works specifically in the area of mental health. And that idea of meaningful occupation, mm. which is – those activities outside of work, whether it's, you know, for the blokes, it'll be coaching the footy team or going fishing or playing darts or mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of stereotypical stuff. I mean, some guys might like knitting. Sure. Um, and for the ladies, you know, it'll be probably more of the social stuff mm. um, and even, you know, craft or, or some of those things um, for their own self. And, yeah, when we get busy in a business, they are some of the first things along with health and sleep. Mm-hmm. That gets sacrificed. Absolutely. And it's so counterproductive. So I should I should get Amy on the on the podcast, I think, and, yes. and talk about some of that. Because she does work with some tradies, sadly. Um through yes, her role. Very sadly. But uh, yeah, it is so important to have that um, self care mm. and and meaningful occupation is a big part of that. So Absolutely. It it was really the first well, by the time I um, met the builder that was all gone. There was nothing in his life that was him. Yep. Yep. Other than 
me at that point, I suppose, in the in the form of a new relationship. Um, but other than that, it was go to work, do what needed to be done to get the bills paid to support the family and no builder time, no who am I anymore. It had all gone. And every time I look back at our business and I see a dip, it started with that. Yeah. And do you feel like in some sense, I'm putting words in your mouth again, he'd lost his wife a little bit. Like when you did come into the business, it maybe in some sense, you know, he'd got a business partner and a, and a, and a, an office person and supporter in the business, but lost his wife a bit. Yeah. I think certainly in the really early days. Yes. Um, and yeah, that was a struggle for him. Actually, perhaps less of a struggle for me because I didn't see it that way, but for him mm. very much so. And it became, just all about work. It was more all about work. So there wasn't that, I guess, until that point in the early days, his escape from the everyday was our relationship. Mm -hmm. When our relationship became around work as well, yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. So I guess there would be people listening to this, both tradies and tradie wives, going, yeah, well, that's all good, but that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And you can't really change all that because it's too hard to separate it all out. And, you know, I can't afford to pay someone else to do it. And, like, I guess for some people it feels like that's as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what do, particularly tradie wives, you know, what can they do to actually influence their tradies into changing this up a bit? a massive question, Warwick. Well, I'm hoping you can answer it because I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've got the answer. I guess... um, But what have you seen... Have you seen other people figure this out? Because obviously you guys have found a place with this now where you work together well and and you've got much more clarity about your roles and there's that separation and the boundaries and all that stuff. But they're they're the, well, what to do. Um, But I think sometimes people get a bit stuck on, well... That's all well and good, but how do we get out of what we're doing now? And how do we change what we're doing now? Like, what's the what's the bridging step or the the thought process you went through? Did you, you know, go see a a counselor, or did you get drunk one night and have an epiphany, or <laughs> you know, it's like often there's there's something that happened that people can create or do or put into place that actually. Um, precipitates, I don't know, starts a different process and a different way of thinking. Like you said before, you had a big, another big Barney. My words, not yours. Yeah, that was and the it was catalyst. about nothing. Yeah. But, but one of you obviously had got to a place of that's enough. Were there other things that said to you maybe that that's enough, we've got to change this? So we, um, early on in the process, we did take on a business coach. It was the wrong kind of business coach for us, but it was enough to change the way of thinking for us Mm -hmm. in that we started to realise at that point, maybe not necessarily that we weren't alone, but that all small businesses, regardless of trade or not, face the same sort of challenges and therefore there is the information out there to help us. So... um, I don't know whether there really wasn't any other catalyst than an argument and then seeking more help. Mm. I don't think it's something you can do on your own. I I don't, you know, businesses doesn't need to be the solo journey that we all seem to think it is. And maybe that's a small business mindset that we need to challenge as in Mm. what we're doing. Absolutely. But 
you don't need to do it alone. And in fact, doing it on your own is really oh, counterproductive. <laughs> it's particularly as a husband and wife, right? Yeah. How do you not get bogged down in that stuff? And how do little decisions that really are little decisions not turn into massive ones because you're worried, you're both worried about the same thing. Are we going to put food on the table next week? Yep. Um, yep. But having somebody from the outside in, and we've worked with lots of business coaches over the time and fortunate enough to find the right one that helped in the end. Um, but it's just a change in thinking, and I guess from all of those people that contributed to us changing the way we thought about the fact we didn't have to do it the old way that we'd mm. always done it. There was a new way. That way might not look anything like what we thought it could look like, but isn't that a good thing? Yeah. There's no way in the world, if I looked at my dad's business as a plasterer, that I ever thought that we could have enough boundaries in place to ensure that we could take holidays from a business. Mm. I never thought, you know, I just thought we'd have to close it down. That's what dad had always done. Yep. With somebody, an outside influence, we're able to say, actually, no, if you've got the right people in place, you can take that holiday. You should be taking that holiday that my husband doesn't need to be on the tools and only on the tools and then yep. working until the middle of the night on quotes and paperwork. Yep. But it took, um, I guess, A, looking for that information and a solution to a problem because there had to be a solution mm-hmm. and coming from a different business background, my mentors in pharmacy weren't working all weekend. Yep. They took holidays. Yep. So it was understanding that that same structure could actually be implemented into a trade business because businesses are actually pretty well the same. Mm. See, I thought that um, women talked to each other and would, mm. you know, uh, I mean, you're a little different, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I've always had this perception that women talk and I find it's not the case. You know what? We talk about um, stuff that doesn't matter or we talk about, you know, we don't tell each, we carry as much shame as everybody else. Yeah. And, and there's this really crappy um, message I find out there in the marketplace and and perhaps frustratingly for me, Coxie, from some of the organisations that are trying to do good in this area mm. that, that seem to put this idea out that blokes suck at talking about their stuff mm-hmm. and that women are all over it. No, they're not. And and i got to say, in, in 11 years of doing what I do outside of... of Tradies in business, I don't see it. They talk a lot and they socialise more than men. Yes. But it's it's not necessarily any different in that they're not sitting down, sort of pouring their heart out and swapping notes on their challenges and how do they get through it or, you know, are they okay? And it's like, I think that the message is that humans suck at <laughs> talking about right. their stuff. I think you're right. And as a society now, particularly with social media, mm-hmm. like Facebook even take down stuff that's not positive mm. in a lot of cases. And uh, that just creates this idea that we're not okay if we're not okay. It really does. And the whole perception of everything being perfect, it's just... Oh, my gosh. Bull crap. It's, um, but that's how we talk, right? So even with any of the networking events I went to or any of the events I went to looking to find that authentic connection within the the industry was about how well I'm doing not about how shit it is it wasn't about how you know look we see lots of stuff about how husband can't do the renovations at home because he's too busy at work or every time you do the washing there's another nail in the washing machine we see lots of that stuff yeah okay they're pain points for tradie wives we cope with some crap 
it's not terrible. They're frustrations, aren't they? They are frustrations, but they're not the real pain points. You know, it's not that I can't afford to pay my guys next week and I don't know what to do about it. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. Because we feel so much shame. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody's leading the way in talking about it. And, it and making it okay to talk about. Yes. And you and I have been having some conversations recently, both individually and, and collectively with, with tradies mm. um, and tradie wives about this stuff. And it's amazing how much reluctance there is to even admit that things aren't okay. Yeah, I have a lot of tradie wives contact me out of fear for their tradies. What do I do? How do I support him? How do I get support myself? Because it's hard, you know, to be a supporter is actually quite hard. It's not even something we recognize in that form. Mm. And there's nowhere to go to say, you know what, this is crap and I don't like it. It's really hard not getting the respect I feel I deserve or... I can't pay my guys or I think my husband's about to drop off over the edge. There's no one to talk to. There actually is, but there's nobody talking about it loudly. And, I mean, we're, and we're not even talking about mental health issues no. for tradies or tradie wives. It's just that things aren't okay. No. You know, we're we're not vibing as a couple. The intimacy's gone. There's no cash in the bank account. Mm. We're fighting in front of the kids. We're burned out. We don't take holidays. Neither of us have meaningful occupation anymore. It's like this is not what business is meant to be about or life. No, it's not what you go into business for. And so you don't have to be mentally unwell. No. You know, in terms of some fantastic organisations like Beyond Blue and Lifeline mm-hmm. and Mates in Construction and all those um, organisations that are there to support people that really are mentally unwell. But mm-hmm. I think there's this, uh, you know, this early stage intervention that that needs to to happen, mm. and and that's something that you and I want to start talking more about, Coxie, and and I guess encouraging people to share their stories around this stuff. There's a lot of power in sharing your story, right? There's yeah. first and foremost, every time I put out another blog post or another article in any form where I tell a bit more of my story and the times it was shit. I get this massive influx of people come to me and say, oh, my God, there's somebody else out there in the position that we're in. Hmm. Every time. Just last week I had three tradie wives contact me because they were having a hard time in business because they know that we stand here without judgment. But in actual fact, the whole industry isn't as judgy as they think they are. Yeah. Because we all feel the same. Yeah. Yeah, It's just that nobody's talking about it yet. And and I, I love that about the trade desk, um, where a lot of the members are women in mm. there. Actually, tradie mm. wives. They are. Uh, and, and I think often it's the it's the tradie wives that seek out the the ideas on marketing or the strategies or whatever it is. Um, you know, more than just like, oh, my tradie's not okay, but it's just like our business is not okay, mm-hmm. or our business could be a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And and I just love seeing the level of. Um, of support and engagement in in the trade desk group around that. It's like, oh yeah, we've been through that. And yeah. here's and here's what we did. That's right. That's right. Right. And it's just it's such simple little things that are giving people those um Oh, a different perspective, I guess. Absolutely. When you're in the in the crisis of whatever that crisis might be in that real pain point, that difficult time, mm. all you need to know is you're not alone. Yeah. You don't even really need the solution. You just need to know you're not alone. Somebody else has been through it and got through the other side, no mm. matter what it is. Mm. Right. Same can be said for parenting, relationship advice or yeah. business. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. And we just want to know that we are 
human and that we are connected and we are understood. Mm. So, Coxie, I'm I'm going to ask you a question in a slightly different way, one that mm-hmm. I ask most of our guests. <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> so if you had a thousand tradie wives in a room, yep. uh, what's one thing you would like to say to all of them? I'd like to say first and foremost, you're not alone. Mm. Uh, I spent, that's why I created The Builder's Wife, because I felt alone. Um, Mm. So my first message to you is that you are not alone. There are hundreds and thousands of women out there in the same role that you're in. Mm. And collectively, we have a very large voice when we come together and we speak together. Mm. So first and foremost, you're not alone. And then secondly, to seek help because you can't do it all on your own. It, It is... You know, if you just look at big business and the way they do it, you're the same on a smaller level. Mm. Who was it recently that said something about small business being the worst thing we can say about small business? Yeah, it's, I think it's it was been Mark, said a number of times. Mark but. Boris maybe was saying something along those lines. And it's so true because I think we get pigeonholed into this way of thinking that our business is small, therefore we can't take on the help. We can't take on the bookkeeper or, or the, the business advisor or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, suddenly we feel like those things are out of our realm because we're a small business. Well, that's bullshit. Or that we shouldn't need them or that it's not relevant or whatever. Like it's, it's it not small your... business. It's no, business. It is business. Business is business. Absolutely. It's just different. It's just a different number of zeros on mm. the end of, of the profit and loss and balance sheet. All Agreed. the same issues, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, seek help. I wanted to ask you about that, Coxie. Mm-hmm. Is what does help look like? Help comes in many forms. Because, <laughs> you know. I've had a bunch of help over my years. A lot of people say, you know, go get help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'll go get help. Mm. Um, what does help look like? Start by finding some a group of people that you can relate to. You know, it can be as simple as that. It mm-hmm. might be somebody that you can have conversation with. So that might be the Traders and Business group. Mm. It's a free group. There's a bunch of people. There's a thousand traders in there now. Mm. Go and join the group. Talk yep. to people. See the conversations that are going on. There's another group out there called Trady Wives. Mm-hmm. Go and find a group. Just find a collective group of people that who are in a similar space in journey as you are and start talking to them because from them you will get new ideas, new perspective. You'll find some excitement around your business again and you'll understand that the help in its various forms. There are tons of different ways to get help. Mm-hmm. It might be that you get a cleaner so that you've got another three hours a week to spend in the business. Yeah. Or it might be that you get a babysitter so you and your husband can actually go out for date night once a fortnight. Mm. Or it might be that you get a bookkeeper to do some of that data entry for you because you just actually don't have time to do it while you're actually working on the marketing plan. Yeah. It might be that you find a business coach. It might be that you find a mentor. It might be that you want to spend some more time networking. Therefore, you need some other support services to come in place so that you can do that. Help comes in a ton of different forms mm. and it can be whatever suits your business. But the first step, I think, is I don't want to say finding your tribe because it's just such a wanky thing to say, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like, tribe. yeah, but find your tribe. Yeah. But it is finding just that, that conversation. Find mm. the conversation, find the place where it's happening, go mm. there. And, and I would add to that, Coxie, and just say, ask some different questions. Yeah. Or ask a different question. Mm hmm. Um, because often we ask questions of others, of ourselves, that lead to the same, uh, not negative, but unhelpful answers. Why aren't we getting anywhere? Why can't we seem to 
communicate better. Like they they just open the door for a more negative response and a more emotive yes, response. Agreed. So, you know, find a group, find a tribe, find a friend, find a woman who you think is doing okay in business. You'll probably find out that she's, you know, tearing her hair out just like just you. Just like you. Um, <laughs> or, you know, for the blokes, you know, same, same rule applies. Mm-hmm. And ask a different question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, examples might be, Hey, uh, you look like you're doing okay in business. Um, do you ever struggle with anything? Mm-hmm. And, and just th- sit back and hold on to your chair because you're <laughs> going to get a big response. <laughs> I think a lot of you would be floored mm. at the responses. Um, I mean, people do that with us mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. They're often just completely flabbergasted that you and I would have experienced the things that we've experienced. Listeners to the podcast, you you obviously know a lot more about Coxie and I than mm. probably the, the tradey uh, business community at large. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's just ask a different question. Mm. And, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was going to go off onto another monologue, <laughs> but I'm sure the listeners don't have another hour to waste listening to my monologues. And and that's the thing, you know, we could we could sit here and dig into this for another hour easily and, and we will, um, mm. not necessarily with you, Coxie. Um, and there's so much we haven't talked about today. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that's the point is, uh, and I want to personally encourage, if you're listening to this episode, which obviously you just listened to it, so you are, <laughs> but, but just, just, I'll finish the sentence. If you're listening to this episode and any of this resonates with you, Personally, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds just like me mm. and, and hubby plumber or electrician or mechanic or whatever. Or you're listening to this and someone you know springs to mind and they're not a listener, please share the podcast with them or share this episode with them. It's a great way to just start a different conversation with them mm. and get them to think differently. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, wow, well, this is me, and you, you want to reach out and ask a different question, even of Coxie and I, but particularly of Nicole, um, go to the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au. You can send us a voicemail. You can drop us a message. No one will know. No. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a um, well, they don't call themselves plastic surgeons anymore, really, but there's a uh, um, cosmetic aging expert, yeah, and a cosmetic <laughs> surgeon in town here that I, I think the tagline is everyone will notice, but no one will know. I've seen that ad. It's a ripper. Yeah. So um, no one will know if you send us a no. message here at Tradies in Business. Yeah. And, and this is what Coxie and I are all about, is just about um, preventing tradie business fails. Absolutely. You've nailed it again so concisely. Well done. Gold star for was today. Thanks, Coxie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, head over to the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au. Um, yeah, uh, we, we want to hear more stories like this. Like we want more, some more real stuff. Yes. We, we, don't, we don't necessarily want to talk about Google AdWords <sighs> and social media marketing <laughs> and how to improve your cash flow. I mean, that's all important stuff. But, yeah, but it's boring. But... You know, you can get all that on Google. We we actually want to hear some real stories, some real conversations, and and you know a bit of dirty laundry. So if you're up for it, like another episode. If, you, <laughs> <laughs> if you're up for it, uh, you don't have to come on the show, but if you want to, send us a message. Please do. But but we just we would like to get some perspective. You know what what did you get out of today's episode? Let us know. Yeah, let us know um, how you're feeling. 
Did this resonate? Is it something that you understand? Have you been in this position? Are you in this position now? Are you deep in the trenches of rubbish that you don't really want to be doing? Are you just let us know where you're at? Um, it helps us find the right people to help you, I suppose, and start some of those different conversations. And it and it helps people other than than yourself listening to so this. True. You know, there are there are some people out there doing it tough. And the more stories we can share, mm. the more they start to hear and realize that, oh wow, I'm not on my own and there mm. are other people going through this and holy crap, what if I actually spoke to some of them? So That's right. Yeah. So final words, Coxie? Um, this was a bit overwhelming, but there you are. I tried to be nice. <laughs> you were very nice. <laughs> it wasn't hard-hitting like uh, Richard Feidler or anything like that. Oh, I love his interviewing. See, I hear you talk about Richard Feidler. I and love I think, it. Oh, I, wanna, I want people to talk about my uh, my podcast like that. We've probably got another 10 years or so. Yeah, okay. Maybe we need to branch out into <laughs> a bit of comedy or... <laughs> well, we think we're hilarious. You know what we'd really like to do? We'd really like to have a radio show. Mm. So, if you know anyone, hook us yeah. up. Do you know anyone on commercial radio? Mm. Give us a hookup. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop dribbling. And um, Coxie, thank you. Thank you. For today. Thank you for being gentle. Yeah, it's okay. Um, you've got a great story and uh, it's awesome to work with you. So uh, Thank you, likewise. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of tradie wives out there like you that are quietly toiling away in the background and not getting the recognition that I mm. think uh, we should be giving them. So Agreed, agreed. If, if that's you listening now, um, well done. Thank you for doing what you do. Yes. And, uh, We look forward to sharing more stories like this with you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.